Yeah, I love it. <laughs> I tell you, what, I may be 69, but I'm a good 69. You know. <laughs> so here's the deal. You know, I've been trying to get a different song for each week for the video, and um, it was thank Tuesday morning, I believe. And so I, I, I just thought of this song. Now, this is from the 19, mid-90s, mid-90s uh, movie, Sister Act, to help. I know a lot of you millennials have not seen that, okay? But imagine, if you will, first, it's a great story of redemption. And imagine, Will, about 12 nuns up there singing that, okay? And then you've got that, that big intro, and the rest of the song is just lightning. It's just packed. But what drew me was, was the beautiful harmony. But anyway, so I'm sitting there at my desk, and so Jenny walks in. I'm sitting there crying at 5.30 in the morning listening to this. She goes, what are you doing? I said, I'm picking this song, and I'm just sitting there crying because it's such a beautiful depiction of why we should follow Jesus. I will follow him. And what's really cool, this song came out in the early 60s. Um, it was written by a couple of French guys, and, and then they added words to it. And, and one person released it that you would know the name, um, and, and then it, did, it didn't work. And this 15-year-old girl uh, released this, and um, kind of a, a one-hit wonder. And she released this, and it was at the top of 100 Billboard for, for weeks and weeks, okay? It's such a powerful song. And here's what's cool. All they did to make that a God song was change one word. See, there are some songs that are just destined to be about God. In fact, some people argue if it really wasn't about God in the first place. But all they did was it said, he touched my hand, and they changed it, he touched my heart, and then I knew. Isn't that good? I just can't stand it. I'm about ready to cry again. I just, I just love it because it's so beautiful of a picture. So, so that leads us into, I will follow him. That, you know, last week we talked about um, following the leader. And, and we made it very clear that leader was, was Jesus Christ. And we talked about the entire time why we should follow Jesus, okay? And then to this week we want to talk about trusting the leader. Um, I thought we were going to be hitting the Death Valley, but that's on down the road now, okay? Um, but, but, you know, we want to talk about trusting, because you see, it's one thing, now listen carefully, it's one thing to follow the leader, it's another thing to trust the leader, because even if you follow the leader, if you don't trust the leader, you will be a reluctant, doubtful follower. But if you trust the leader, if you trust the leader, you'll be a joyful and glad, gladful. That isn't a word. I'm going to make it anyway. A gladful follower of the Lord Jesus Christ. So today we want to talk about trusting the leader. And keep in mind what I said, because, you know, there's so many issues. One, again, pro-choice, pro-life. It really shouldn't be a, a deal, but in case it is with you, um, you know, there's a lot of things about gender. You know, I don't know what gender I am. Well, let God speak. And if you're a Jesus follower, let, let God speak to your heart about that, okay? Because, again, he's a great leader, one that can be trusted. Now, now we quoted John Maxwell last week, and I figured we did it one week. We'll just quote him again, all right? So our quote is this. Um, a leader is one who knows the way, um, goes the way, and shows the way. That's really good. Let me read it again. A leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and shows the way. You know, back in December, 
we went to Disney World, and it wasn't about where, what Disney World believes or doesn't believe. It's about my grandkids wanting to go to Disney World. That's what that was all about. And so, so anyway, so we went, and we really had a good time. And it, again, it, was, it was some of the stuff that we saw at Disney World that was so well done. Uh, but but the, the real reason why was we were with our family. And the reason we could enjoy it so well was we had a trusted leader. Um, my, my son-in-law, who pastors the Journey Church uh, in Murray, is just a good leader. I mean, it's like in his genes. I mean, wh- whatever he does, whether it be church or business, whatever it is, he does it so well. So, so he told us up front, listen, just come, follow me. Come, follow me. He's been to Disney World several times. Uh, he's one of those guys that researches and plans. And so, so he, he did that. So, so I had a leader when I went to Disney World. He knew the way. He had researched it. He knew. He had been, okay? He goes the way. He had been. And then he showed me the way. And it was so cool because on the second morning, we were really tired. And, and Judy and I said, well, we'll meet you there later. Later. About, and it was just an hour or so. Um, but every day, every day, I, I really enjoyed it because I just had to follow Matt. I mean, you know, if I said, Matt, restroom, he'd say, okay, there's one right up here. I don't know how he knew that, but he did. He did, and it made the trip so much more enjoyable. Well, on that Tuesday morning, Jean and I went by ourselves for just an hour or two. We walked in, and I was befuddled in five minutes. I said, Judy, this is why we need Matt. Let's find a place and sit down and call him. And that's exactly what we did. A good leader is one who knows the way, goes the way, and and shows the way. Now, just like we took um, I Will Follow Him and took a secular song, and turned it into a wonderful worship song today, okay? This is it. Just imagine with me and put Jesus there. Jesus, Jesus is a leader who knows the way. Can I have an amen there? He certainly does. He goes the way. He did, and he shows us the way. So Jesus is a leader that can be trusted. And I kind of flesh that out with this. You know, God, and that's Father, God, that's Son, and God, that's Holy Spirit. God is the only leader who never missteps. You never have to worry about, is God going to stumble and fall? He never missteps, and He never misspeaks. He'll never say anything out of character or out of turn. Um, He's never had a bad day. Now, I don't care how good of a leader you are, you've probably had a bad day. I do. Just, you know, call the office tomorrow and say, does anyone ever have bad days? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, we all have bad days. Bad days. God never has a bad day. And you know what? He never makes a wrong turn. So, so God is, now listen, this is what I said now, in this crazy culture in 2023, you need not only follow the leader, you need to trust the leader. And there's one leader who won't let you down, and his name is God, Jesus, Father, Holy Spirit, okay? These are the ones that won't let you down. Now, that is fleshed out for us. There, I've got three scriptures today that are just incredibly powerful. And this is where I'm going to pause and go, if there was ever a time you felt the urge to pull out the worship event, go down to the lower right corner and hit those three lines, open up and go to events and open Dorsville Baptist Church and hit save. Today's that day. Today's that day. Because can I be truthful with you? Probably in about three hours, you're not going to remember this. Okay, and again, it's not what I'm going to say today that matters. It's what the Word of God says. Okay, so do that. Do that. Don't don't worry about taking notes today if that's not your gig. If it is, that's great. If not, go ahead and open U Version. Hit the lower right corner. Hit events. 
hit Dorsville, hit save. That way, these scriptures will be there for you in the future. All right? So here we are. How does it flesh out a leader that we can trust? Well, it's Psalm 77, 19 through 28. This is so good. Now, notice he starts out. Now, keep in mind, this is a psalmist writing, okay? And he's looking back on the time that God parted the Red Sea. He's looking back on the time when the children of Israel were set free from Egypt and they take off. And you got to remember, you know, when Gene and I were talking about this, there's probably a couple million people. They have no government. They have no organization. Uh, they don't have a clue. They don't, even, they don't even know really where they're going, okay? And so that's where the setup was. And so, so remind us that this is, you know, this is that person looking back on that event. And look what he says. He says, your road, your road. See, there's lots of roads we can follow. You know, there's your road. There's your spouse's road. Hey, students, there's your mom and dad's road, okay? Um, there might be a corporation road. Um, there, there might be a school road, okay? There's lots of roads that, that we can choose to follow. But the one that we've got to focus on is that road, your road, the road God sends you upon. Your road, now there's a key word here, and I'll tell you in just a moment, your road led through the sea, your pathway through the mighty waters. Do you see it? The word through, 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 okay? It's huge. Now, this is a word I intentionally, I think I intentionally made up this morning, okay? So we, because we're human, okay, we think of the practicus. Sounds good, doesn't it? I don't know if it's a word or not. Practicus. In other words, what's important to us as humans is practical things. Things need to seem practical. Things need to seem logical, okay? So we focus on the practicus, okay? God focuses on the miraculous. See, it rhymes kind of nice, doesn't it? Practicus, miraculous, okay? And so, and so God focuses on the miraculous. So the bottom line is, you know, so when we're, we're there and we see this sea, okay? Now, now we're... We are thinking practical, okay? So, so, so what does that mean? Well, what that means is, is that we know how to go over a sea. So what do we do? We have all over the county. We've got, we got bridges over creeks. We've got bridges over rivers. If you go to the Chesapeake Bay Tunnel, you know, there, there's this huge bridge and tunnel combination. So practically speaking, we know how to go over water. And so that would be our answer. We're facing the Red Sea and we're saying, oh, we'll just build a bridge. That would be really practical because there's be a huge bridge in their own materials. But that's what we would look for. That's what we look for. Okay. We even know how to go underwater. Uh, we, we build tunnels. You know, we build tunnels. So, so when, when they face this, this thing, this pathway, the psalmist says, no, 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 no. You didn't, you didn't think about going over the water. You didn't think about going under the water. That's, that's practicus. God, you did the miraculous. You just parted the sea. You, you blew the breath of God or you put your hands and the Red Sea parted. And that group of people, two million strong, goes over on dry ground. Isn't that amazing? Uh, can you even, can you, can you pretend like you see it? I know we all see Charleston Heston, you know, holding his arms in the water parts. You know, but, but can you see that? And more importantly, listen, I'm going to slow down. Can you believe that? Can you believe that 
for the seas we face, the answer may not be practical. It might be miraculous. See, as a God follower, you can put that in the mix anyway. As a God follower, you can say, okay, wait, my option... My options are not just listed to the, limited to the practical. With God in the mix, there's miraculous. There's miraculous. And, and look what he says. Your road led through the sea, your pathway through the waters, through, you know, a pathway knew where no one knew what was there. So they're facing this sea, and in a few moments the Egyptian army is going to show up. They see this sea, okay, no one, look, 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 look. No one saw a pathway. No one saw a pathway. Only God. And you know what? Look at this. I don't know what you're facing today. But you know what you're seeing? You're seeing no options. You're seeing no options. But when you put God in the mix, options appear. You know, I, this is not the exact quote, but it's the right thought. Jesus said to me, and Tony Evans said, you know, there's always more to see than you see. There's always more to see than you see. Well, this was true here. This is true here. See, the reason there's a pathway no one knew was there, but God, but God, okay, and, and the, the reason is, is because they were limited, it's worth writing down, limited to their knowledge and their ability. They were limited by their knowledge and their ability. Now, listen carefully. God is limited by neither. God is limited by neither. In the mid-1990s, I think it was, um, Don Moen um, wrote a song. He's a worship leader, still around, still around. And he wrote this. Now, this is worth, again, if you had the worship event open, you've got these words. Because if you don't need these words today... You're going to need them next week. If you don't need them next week, you're going to need them two months. And here it is. God will make a way. God will make a way where there seems to be no way. See, when the children of Israel saw the Red Sea, they didn't see a way. But God made a way when there seemed to be no way. He works in ways we cannot see. He will make a way for me. He will be my guide, hold me closely to his side with love and strength for each new day. He will make a way. He will make a way. That is so incredibly powerful. So as you launch into 2023, you've chosen to let Jesus be your leader and you're going to follow the leader. Now I'm encouraging you to not only that, to trust the leader, trust that he sees things you cannot see. He can do things that you cannot imagine and he will make a way when your marriage is falling apart, when your parents are coming down on you unfairly, when you lose your job, when, when you lose your health, when things seem to be going south, God will make a way when there seems to be no way. How amazingly powerful is that? Then, then in verse 20, back, 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 you know, back one slide, or up one slide. There we go. Here, look at this. This is good. So he says that, and then he says this. You, God, you led your people along that road like a flock of sheep. I love that. Because what we've been studying, the good shepherd. So he led the people... Into and through the Red Sea, okay, 
like a flock of sheep. And that means that God was acting like a shepherd. He made provision. There wasn't a hole in the sea, and he provided a hole in the sea. He, boy, this is good. He also provided protection. He put a gap between the Egyptian army and to the people of Israel. He provided, he protected, and then said, y'all go ahead and walk out in the middle of the sea because I'm taking full responsible, responsibility for you today. Amen. They could enter that ocean with the sea with the walls of water because God took full responsibility for them. Oh, please look at me. This is true for us. This is true for you, wherever you are. God wants to provide. God wants to protect. God wants to take full responsibility for you. It's just a wonderfully amazing, amazing truth. Now, in, in verse 3 of Psalm 23, and it's the third part, you know, you know the Lord is my shepherd. I'm, I'm not going to want... He leads me, but where does he lead you? This is what makes him such an awesome uh, savior and such a leader that we can trust, okay? He leads me along the right paths. Along the right paths. A couple of quotes this morning. One of them is a really a surprise. Um, one comes from Henry Ford, of all people. If I was to describe Henry Ford from the movies I've watched and documentaries I've watched and a little bit that I've read about him, he's, he's harsh, he was cynical, he was a lot of things, but he sure said something godly here. He said, those who walk with God always reach their destination. See, through the mouth of babes and cynics, sometimes great truth comes. Those who walk with God always reach their destination. Is that true? It is. It is true, okay? Now, look what Tony Evans said. Tony Evans said, God will meet you where you are. Okay, that's worth writing down. God will meet you where you are. No matter if where you are is the midst of a really bad sin situation, you have made a bad choice, and you're in deep weeds, okay? It might be financial stress. It might be marital stress. It might be parent stress, okay? Whatever it is, you need to know something. God is willing to meet you where you are, but he doesn't stop there. God will meet you where you are in order to take you where he wants you to go, where he wants you to go. That is so powerful. God's not going to meet you in the middle of your sin so you can sin some more. God's not going to meet you in the middle of your mess so you can stay in your mess. He will meet you there. And this is so cool because God's always good. Okay. So he will meet you there in your sin and say, hey, hey, I, I am here to lead you out of your sin and to your redemption. Out of your sin and into your redemption. Hey, I'm here today to get you out of this mess. I know, I know. You followed your path and you got in a mess. God is there to lead you out of your mess. That is so, so good. He will lead you and put, meet you there so he can take you, take you. I like that. Not lead you. Take you where he wants you to go. How powerful is that? Now, th we see that fleshed out in Exodus 13, um, 17. Now, again, this is just another really, really great verse. Okay, so 
back to the people of Israel. When Pharaoh finally let the people go, after 10 plagues, he finally gave up and said, get out of here, take off and go, okay? Now, God, when, when, when Pharaoh let the people go, God did not lead them along the main road. Now, truth be known, we would again, our practicus, would, our practical would say, what do you mean you don't want to go down the main road? What do you mean? You know, if you're a dude, a guy, come on, guys, you know this. So, guys, so, so when we're traveling, we want to get on the interstate and drive 80 miles an hour. Your wife wants to say, honey, slow down. Enjoy the journey. Enjoy the journey. We are here to get to the destination. The whole purpose of this mess is get to the destination. All right, so, so here we are. God, all right, did not lead them along the main road. God didn't lead them down the, the easiest road. God didn't lead them down the fastest road. Um, God didn't lead them down, as we're going to read in Scripture, the shortest road. He didn't even lead them down the most scenic road. The reason why, and we're going to find out more, it, because the road ran through the Philistine territory. Write it down. The Philistines were always bad guys. All right, there's two things I'm going to show you that are always true. The Philistines are always bad guys. And, and God knew the main road went right through Philistine territory, even though he said, I didn't lead them there, even though that was the shortest route. And, and some of you are still mad at God because you had it all mapped out, and this was the main road for you. It was scenic. It was short. It was fast. It was everything. This career, this marriage, this, that, and this, this. And you're still mad at God because God didn't do that. Well, you didn't know what the rest of the story is. And by the way, we don't know where the rest of the story is. Well, let's look. Look at verse number 17b. God said, God said, if the people are faced with a battle, they may change, they might change their minds and return to Egypt. The reason they didn't go down the main road is because God knew better. God knew if they went through the land of the Philistines, there would probably be a battle. And it was a battle they were not ready for. And that battle would have big consequences. The reason God did not allow you to go down the main road, the easy road, the fast road, the scenic road, was because he knew there were consequences. And he loved you so much, he helped you avoid those consequences. I don't know. Again, it could be, you know, you're enamored with him and you're going to marry him and you know he's a bad dude or a bad gal. You're, 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 you're wanting to buy this house and can't afford the house, but you're praying the bank will give you the loan and it's going to put you in financial bondage for the days, weeks, months, and years ahead. Over and over, battles. And when God says, the bank says no, you know, when Charlie says no, it may just be a blessing. When, when a career door changes, closes, it might be a blessing. When, when he, hey, students, when he breaks up with you, it might be a blessing. Or, or when she breaks up with you, I can't imagine you guys ever getting broke up with. You're in it for life, man. You know, but, but no, 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 no. Listen, when that happens, it could be a blessing, guys. It could be. Now, that, that has, that for you to believe that, that requires faith. It requires trusting the leader. Trusting the leader. And here's the danger. He knows when they're faced with a the battle, they might change their minds. 
Do you ever kind of poke around and go, where's so-and-so? They used to be, man, they used to be here every week. They changed their mind. You know, when, when he started, when he made his commitment to Jesus, man, I just, he was like on fire. But now he's not here. What happened? He changed his mind. He changed his mind. Um, my friend George Teagarden, I believe, um, preached on repentance Wednesday night. I was otherwise occupied. And, uh, you know, I think he preached on repentance. Well, see that word change? You know, one of the definitions of repentance is to change your mind. It, it means to be going this way and turn around and go this way. It means to think this way and think another way. I told Lisa it was a perfect illustration of her testimony. In 2000, she was very strongly pro-choice. And then in her Jesus walk, God changed her mind. She had repentance. She changed her mind. Well, this is backward repentance in a bad way. It's when you believe this about God, and because of circumstances, you stop believing it. Well, God was afraid this was going to happen. And so he said, I'm not going to send them down that main road because they're going to have a battle, and they're probably going to change their minds. And when they change their minds, guess what they're going back to? You see it? Egypt. Bondage. Bondage. I need to tell you something. If you are thinking about changing your mind, if you're listening on the Facebook feed today and you're thinking about changing your mind, just understand something. It's leaving one place. Bondage. Bondage. It's leading to bondage. Just, just be aware of that. Just be aware of that. So, so God closed the main gate because of that. And then, in verse 18, so God led them in a roundabout way through the wilderness toward the Red Sea. So, you know, when we think about roundabout way, we think about confusion, that loop-de-loops and la-de-las and, and wandering around, and that is not what this means um, at all. In fact, it's funny, though, the destination, the destination does not sound too enticing, the wilderness toward the Red Sea. Neither one of them sounded really good. But again, they had a conclusion to trust God. But God led them in a roundabout way. Eli, throw up that, that roundabout slide, please. There we go. Okay, this is so good. This is an actual roundabout. And we have one of these in Marion. If you go over toward the hill, um, you know, there's, one, there's a, one there. We run into them all the time. They're becoming more and more popular. And so just like it says, you're coming down this road, and you have a circle, and you have the option of exiting in different directions. Okay? Now, now sometimes, now come on, we, we know this, okay? When God gives us a roundabout, there's some exits we just shouldn't take. If, if it involves disobedience to God, God will never, never give you that exit. If, if, it, if it's founded on doubt and unbelief and all those things, never an exit. But you know what? Often in God's roundabout, there are options. There are options. Here's the deal. Uh, I know some of you use ways. Some of you use Google Maps and different GPS things. And you'll put an address in, and you look, and you don't really like the direction it's going to take you. So, so mine, on Waze, it has more routes. So I hit that, and it's not uncommon for it to give me three options. Three options. Now, here's the important thing. Three options all leading to the same destination. In God's roundabout, there might be options, but they never lead you away from God. They always end up at the same destination. So if you find yourself at a point of decision, like a roundabout, and the decision you're about to make leads you away from God, don't. Don't. 
That is not God's will for you. It is not God's choice for you. But sometimes he gives us options. Sometimes he may allow you to start this career for the purpose of starting another. That's me. 12 years in the Air Force. 12 of the best years I ever had. I loved it, but it prepared me for this job. This job. 12 years of administration. I was able to walk into an office as a pastor and know what I was doing as far as the office manager goes. So, so there might be options, but make sure it leads to the same destination. All right, so we move just a little bit further down, okay? I'll get down to verse number um, 9. He says, go back to that, there we go. Do not, do not, do not be like a senseless horse or a mule. Well, why not? Because that requires a bit and a bridle to keep it under control. God doesn't want to force you in this stuff. He don't want to be like a horse or a mule and pull you in the right direction. He, don't, he doesn't want you to be that way. Well, Dwayne, for goodness sake, what are the options? This whole story's been about we are, he's the shepherd, and what are we? Yeah, you don't see shepherds guiding horses and mules, but you do see them guiding sheep. So don't be like that. Be like a sheep who, who follows and trusts the shepherd that he's going to provide, he's going to protect, and he's going to take full responsibility for you. That is, that is so, so powerful. All right? So, so with that, with that, we come to the end of the road. We come to the end of the road. Are you willing, are you willing in 2023 to trust the shepherd? I asked you last week, are you willing to follow the shepherd? But now, are you willing to trust the shepherd? For some of you, you've never made that decision to follow the shepherd. I want to invite you to do that today. My friend Brent's going to be standing down front. And I I know you all get tired of me saying this, but it's, it's, it's like a pandemic in American culture is that people, people identify, people align church, okay, with heaven. Well, church is great. We're glad you're here. Trust me. But church won't get you to heaven. And they align religion. And religion won't get you to heaven. There is one way to heaven, and Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And no one comes to Father but me. And it revolves that repentance thing we talked about. It's, it's believing that Jesus was the Son of God and that he died on a Roman cross and resurrected the third day. And, and it involves us believing that and then being willing to turn from our sin and follow him. That's, that's good repentance. That's good repentance. It involves that. It's not about denomination. It's not about church or religion. It's about your faith in Jesus Christ. And man, the facts line up. I mean, if you're not ready today... You need to get on Google Jesus. Now, I know there's enough weird stuff on the Internet about Jesus. And be careful there. But at the same time, there's some reputable sites that will tell you the truth about Jesus. He is the Son of God. For the rest of us, for those of us who have already made that commitment decision, are you ready today to trust the leader? Are you willing when you can't see the way, when there seems to be no way, When there's a sea in front of you, are you willing to trust the leader? He wants you to. And can I tell you? You know, I I, I missed a scripture 
I'm going to go back and find it. Yeah, let's see here. Yeah. Um, Verse 32, and we don't have time for all this, but the Lord says, I will guide you along the best pathway for your life. Did I get that? I didn't? It's funny because I got the horse part. Now, did you hear what it said? I will guide you along the best path for your life. Are you willing to trust him with that? Are you willing when you've got your mind on this and God says, that is not good for you, I'll go this way. Are you willing to trust him with that? I am willing to guide you on the best path for your life. Let's pray. Oh, Father, what a privilege today to be in the house of the Lord. And I can't thank you enough for the worship we experienced. I thank you for Lisa's testimony. I thank you for your word today. But God, we need your help. There's some here who may be struggling with trusting you for the first time. Would you call and urge them to come home to you? And Father, a whole chunk of us, both on on Facebook and on the radio and in this room, you know, there's a chunk of us who have made this decision. But as we face 2023 with all its uncertainties, it's almost easier, it seems, to want to trust ourselves and that's a disaster so god help us holy spirit help us to trust you to trust you so would you please have your way and jesus i pray this in your precious name amen